Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up. So we made it our name. And we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic podcast, some of the greatest players and coaches in NFL history may or may not have passed on great genes to their sons. And in some cases, the sons were better than the fathers. But we celebrate Thanksgiving this year honoring great football families. You're Behind the Mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, late drop on Wednesday. Papers are ready. NFL historians and lovers of sports history, welcome in. This show is for you guys and gals, and it's cool. You already know this stuff. You know, congratulations to you. There's always someone else that does it. And this show exists for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we are here to do three things, enlighten, teach, and learn. It is the Behind the Mic podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr., and this show is presented by Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Media, and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go to bellyupsports.com. Check us out. Uh, our home base is on Megaphone. Also, all of the favorites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. So, before we do the rundown, what are the storylines? Well, the storyline of the season, our quarterback injuries is really really wild um more guys went down well uh richard sherman had a tweet that i saw uh on think it was on sunday uh afternoon sunday evening and old time football he's a really good follow uh, he responded to that tweet where sherman basically was like Man, i think i've never seen so many quarterbacks go down like this in a season well old time football he referenced 1988 I mean, not all the names on the list were exactly the creme de la creme, but they were starting quarterbacks nonetheless. But more people did go down. But at any rate, week 11, the rundown. Thursday night football, Bengals, Ravens. Tough week for both teams after losing two key players for the season to injury. Possibly one, definitely the other one. They're holding out hope, but it's very slim. Lamar Jackson, he hurt his ankle, stayed in, no problem. He says he's 100%. His ankle is anyway. Uh, Mark Andrews, his favorite target, ankle, probably done for the year. Joe Burrow goes down, wrist injury, torn ligament in that wrist. 
He's done for the season. Ouch. Jake Browning comes in. He's now in the quarterback during that game. And uh, got a lot easier for the Ravens' defense. Didn't know this since he was in the last, uh, well, they were last in the league in rushing yards per game. Now they have to finish their season with a backup quarterback with that number hanging over their head, and the future does not look too bright. OBJ hasn't been the same since he cut his hair, in my opinion. Um, his last 100-yard game, NFC Championship game, en route to the Super Bowl, who you know, possibly could have won MVP against the Bengals. Well, uh, he had 100 yards, and even he got hurt. Gus Edwards, he runs for two touchdowns. Lamar throws for two more. Stay healthy, my friends. Ravens, 34, Bengals, 20. Sunday, high noon, Steelers, Browns. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, got his second start as, you know, during his rookie year. And the kid went to work on Pittsburgh, mainly in the fourth quarter. He only threw for 165 yards in the game. He had an interception, no touchdowns, but it almost didn't feel that way. But the numbers didn't work great for either team, except for Jalen Warren, who had a, what, a buck 29 rushing for Pittsburgh. Of course, 74 of that came on the one touchdown run. DTR drove the Browns to a game-winning field goal in the end with three seconds left, which marked uh, 10 straight weeks that Pittsburgh has been outgained on offense. It's, it's just terrible. And it came to a head uh, come Monday. The NFL on CBS Twitter account uh, account actually posted this. 315 quarterbacks with 500 attempts since the merger. Only one has thrown one touchdown or fewer than 2% of his attempts. I guess you know who that was. Yeah, Kenny Pickett, 1.9%. That's, that's bad. And yesterday morning, I saw that Matt Canada has been fired. And, uh, you know. Hopefully, there's someone with a little more creativity. Me as a Steelers fan, they can find somebody with a little more creativity that can do some things. But at any rate, look, somebody please call Byron Leftwich. Browns 13, Steelers 10, Bears, Lions down 12 with four minutes left to go in a game. Teams were 0 and 83. Now they are 1 and 83. How? A Jared Goff touchdown pass to Jameson Williams. An 11-play, 73-yard drive capped by former Bear running back Ty Montgomery's one-yard touchdown run, which proved to be the game winner. And then, not to mention, Aiden Hutchinson's game-sealing sack strip fumble that turned into a safety that, you know, was kicked by a Chicago lineman. And they did all of this in the comeback in spite of four turnovers, three of which by Jared Goffin should have had a fourth interception, actually. And look at the time of possession. Chicago, 40 minutes. Detroit 19, but Detroit got the number in the area where it counted the most. The score, Lions 31, Bears 26, Chargers, Packers. Now, Los Angeles head coach Brandon Staley, he's uh, he's been showing out a little bit late. He's upset, so he hears everything that's going on. Uh, he made it known, I'm calling the defense, so please don't ask me anymore. Live by the sword, die by the sword. That might be the thing that actually gets him fired eventually, but... Anytime you see a player with a towel over his face or over his head and he's sitting on a cart, that ain't good. All three of these guys were carted off. Joey Bosa hurt his foot. Thought he might be done for the season. Uh, he's on IR. We shall see. Aaron Jones thought he tore his ACL. Had a towel over his face. Turned out to be an MCL sprain. Emmanuel Wilson, another one of those backups, uh, backups for the Packers outside of Corey Dillon. 
he went out with a shoulder injury. So, not great. At any rate, that Chargers defense that Staley loves calling plays for gave up 322 yards passing to Jordan Love. First one to throw for 300 yards since Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers did it back in, what, 2021? And uh, he threw the game-winning touchdown pass or game-deciding, however you want to word it. It doesn't get any easier for the Chargers if they have the Ravens next up. And the Packers will see the Lions on tomorrow, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Let's go. Gobble, gobble. Packers 23, Chargers 20. Raiders, Dolphins. The Raiders hung in there for a little while, but they were shut out in the entire second half. Both Miami and Vegas turned the ball over three times apiece. Aiden O'Connell, the rookie quarterback for the Raiders, three picks. And um, two of those were courtesy of Jalen Ramsey, uh, whose last one sealed the game. And this guy, Ramsey's been back for three weeks, and he's already got three interceptions on the season. It's pretty good. <laughs> he picked him off, picked O'Connell off personally twice, and uh, you can't do that. I think O'Connell knows better. Don't challenge that all pro. Two attack of Alloa, he throws for 325. Tariq Hill, another 10 catches and a buck 46 in the tub. He's my MVP of the season, period. And that's just mine. That's just me. But Miami, they hand Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach for the Raiders, his first L. Dolphins 20, Raiders 13. Giants commanders, another rookie quarterback, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, the same guy whose mom makes his bed and cooks his dinner. He got to know the Washington defense really well in the first quarter. Five sacks. He got up, dusted himself off, and he eventually beat Washington. And uh, he got help not just from his own team either. The Commanders were a bakery on Sunday. Six turnovers. Sam Howell, three interceptions himself. And then Byron Pringle, Logan Thomas, and Chris Rodriguez all lost fumbles. The Commanders without Montez Sweat and Chase Young did sack DeVito nine times nine but yet DeVito was pretty productive 18 of 26 these were his numbers 246 yards three touchdowns yeah they got the W Giants 31 Commanders 19 Cowboys Panthers Dallas they continue to feast on the bad teams the carcasses of the worst of the league don't get me wrong I think that Dallas is good but I need to see more. I think Dallas fans need to see more, and they exactly they know exactly why. Okay, they know their history at this point. And um, the, the Cowboys they didn't have to roll up a whole lot of yards against the Panthers. Dak only threw for 189. C.D. Lamb he caught six balls, but only 38 yards receiving. But the story of the game was Deron Bland. Yes, he had his fourth pick six of the season, and he tied the NFL record for a season. He had. Two Hall of Famers to go along with that. Uh, maybe a third, actually. Uh, I mean, two. Uh, you had Ken Houston, Jim Kearney, and then Eric Allen. He was a great cornerback for the Eagles. And Scott Van Pelt highlighted on Monday Night Football that this guy has more touchdowns, if not equal to, some of the best receivers in the NFL. I mean, that's pretty cool. You got four touchdowns. You got more than Devontae Adams. You got the same as Travis Kelsey. And you go on and on. Oh, yeah. And the Panthers are bad. Cowboys 33, Panthers 10, Titans, Jaguars. Every time I looked up, the Jaguars were wrapping up rookie quarterback Will Levis like a spider does a fly. You know, just. I mean, Eric Thomas, he had no time to do anything. Derrick Henry, he was on the milk carton, 38 yards rushing, and uh, so was the Titans defense. Jack, uh, Jacksonville, they sprinted to a 27 to nothing league, never looked back, and they looked more like a team that 
you know, that that had won five straight games earlier this season. Trevor Lawrence was on point. Calvin Ridley, he torched the Titans secondary. And the only points that Tennessee could get were on trick pay place. <laughs> Desperation. Yeah. Jaguars 34, Titans 14. Cardinals, Texans. I'll make this simple. I started C.J. Stroud on my fantasy team over Patrick Mahomes. Almost looked like a good idea. Stroud, he had an interception in the first half, but he threw for 259 yards and two touchdowns. Second half, two picks, and the Texans got shut out. You know, But no last-minute heroics from Kyler Murray, who you know, he's in his second game back from that uh, ACL. And uh, fourth and eight, it came down to. Pass was knocked down with 35 seconds left. Ball game, Texans 21, Cardinals 16. Afternoon slate, Buccaneers, 49ers, San Francisco is clearly back. The good, Brock Purdy, perfect passer rating, three touchdown passes. The bad, they lost their safety <laughs> to Longa Hafanga. Um, not good, torn ACL. The Buccaneers have to rely a little too much on Baker Mayfield's arm. 45 attempts, and they still can't run the football. But there was it was kind of like a field they were still kind of in the game, but not really. And the defense wasn't good. And the Bucs have now lost five of six games. 49ers 27, Buccaneers 14. Jets, Bills, at least for a week. Joe Brady was a breath of fresh air for the Buffalo offense. Josh Allen lit it up too. Three touchdown passes. But let's not kid ourselves. It was the Jets. I understand that the Jets' defense is great. But their defensive pressure has not been applied by anybody else but their own offense. Joe Namath was right. He was already tired early on of Zach Wilson. And the most telling scene during that game, if you missed it, was his head coach, Robert Salah. It was much like his press conferences trying to protect his quarterback as he ran through the sideline. He's trying to catch him as both of them fell to the ground. <laughs> but it, it, it came down to an old saying for me um, <laughs> by one of my old high school coaches, get him off the field, he's killing the grass. And Wilson was benched in favor of Tim Boyle in the third quarter. And he's supposedly going to be the starter going forward. Oh, yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is jogging now. Bills 32, Jets 6. Seahawks, Rams, Jason Myers couldn't rescue his team this week. After making 15 field goals in a row, he missed number 16 for 55 yards out with three seconds left. And this came after Geno Smith suffered an elbow injury in the third quarter. Drew Locke comes in trying to protect a 16-7 lead. And it just wasn't good. You know, I think he turned the ball over as well. And uh, they couldn't move the ball. Seattle could not. Slowly but surely, Matt Stafford in that offense, they clawed back into the game. They had a touchdown run by Darrell Henderson Jr. And then, uh, then they had a three uh, a kick by Lucas Haverest field goal with one minute and 31 seconds left to go. And that was enough. Rams 17, Seahawks 16. Sunday Night Football, Vikings-Broncos. And here's a game that was completely in the Minnesota Vikings' hands the entire time, except at the end. They let the Broncos hang around too long. Pre-game, Matt Berry did his FanDuel bets for this game, and one of them was Will Lutz was going to score more than two points. I think it was like plus 1.5 or something like that. And uh, that was a lot. Lutz actually could kick five field goals, not including the extra point. Uh, well, no, he didn't kick the extra point. They went for two. Uh, he kicked five field goals. And for the second week in the world, the Broncos scored a touchdown when they needed one the most. Russell Wilson hooks up with Cortland Sutton. 
and just over a minute in the game, I think it was 103 left to go in the game, and there was no magic left for Josh Dobbs and that Vikings offense. Too many missed opportunities and turnovers, and they couldn't put Denver away. Broncos 21, Vikings 20. Monday Night Football, Chiefs, Eagles, you know, in, in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is a stand-up guy. One thing I understand, but I know it's a complete lie, is when quarterbacks blame, they take the blame for someone else's obvious mistakes. They are a dartboard for criticism. And look, it's just this simple. You have to catch the football, Marquez back, uh, Valdez Scantling. You have to, MVS knows this. Just like the Broncos on Sunday night, the Chiefs let the Eagles hang around a little bit too long. And it was a good game. First half, Chiefs had a 17 to seven halftime lead, not a left, right? And then they got shut out in the second half. Jalen Hurts, he's hurt. And he's still playing, leading his team. He rushed for two touchdowns. The second one was the game winner, proved to be. And Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith came through, big catch there, 41 yarded when they needed it the most. And um, with all that being said, Kansas City still should have won that game, and it's their own fault. The Chiefs lead the league in drops. Said that over and over again. 26 to be exact, and you saw that on full display. Justin Watson, even Travis Kelsey, and of course, MVS on that final drive. Should have been a 51-yard touchdown bomb. I don't remember the DB that he burnt, but I still smell it. It was just that bad. Got to catch the football, and not to mention the penalties that put the Chiefs in a 4 and 25, just like Joshua Dobbs was actually in against the Broncos. Desperation heave, ball game, Eagles 21, Chiefs 17. Oh, yeah, and Isaiah Pachinko, he runs like his life depends on it. <laughs> anyway, coming up next, Super Bowl 57 and a half was a great game. Uh, once again, featured those Kelsey brothers, Jason and Travis. And with Thanksgiving coming tomorrow, I want to dedicate today's show to the football families. So I don't really have any structure for this, and it's probably not going to last that much longer. But I, uh, Thanksgiving week, the time for family. It's a great privilege, though, to see your son or daughter play the sport that you play. When it comes to the NFL, you see your son perform, whether they are coach or referee or as well as a player. And like last night, especially a couple months ago, back in February. Mama and Papa Kelsey, they had to have been proud. And you've got a lot of players that have come through the league, and I can't get to all of them. 377 father-son combos, you know what I mean? Some played <laughs> close to the same time or either for the same teams. They had grandfathers and, and even uh, you have stepbrothers and half-brothers. But family is family, right? Uh, just looking at a lot of my little research that I did, you got some players that not only, uh, I guess they get started and get their kids into the sport, obviously at a young age, if they want to play. And some of them, you know, maybe it's another situation. But uh, I read about Jason Witten. Don't know what kind of rankings that his sons have, but he's a head coach down there in Texas. Uh, took a 2-8 and eight, his first year. He was a two and eight coach with that team, and now they're eleven and zero, ten and two this the next year, and now eleven and zero. 
Uh, I don't know what the end game has been because I think their playoffs were just this past weekend. But Jason Witten has two sons that are starring for his team. Now, whether they make it to the league or not, I don't know. But that pedigree is what GMs and coaches, they all look for. Not everybody <laughs> can play, okay? Not everybody can coach either. So either they don't even get a shot or they don't last very long, all right? I mean, you got Deion Sanders. You know what his sons are, Shadur and uh, Shiloh Sanders at Colorado. I think Shadur is a lock to be a first-round quarterback when he does come out. Um, and, and, you know, they, they've got some of their father's traits in them. They're definitely athletes. Now, whether they can do it on another level, we'll see. Incoming type guys. And you got like guys like uh, Jerry Rice. Uh, Jerry Rice Jr. came through UCLA and UNLV. Had a cup of coffee with Baltimore. Never played in the game. But his son, Brandon, Brandon actually looks like he may end up in the league and playing. He looks just like him with dreads. I mean, with, 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 with braids. Um, he transferred from Colorado, speaking of Colorado, and he's at USC. Marvin Harrison Sr., his son is the best receiver in the nation, junior, at Ohio State. So you have those kind of players. And then, like I said, you got some of the the, the creme de la creme of football families, such as Archie Manning's boys. We know about Archie Manning being the quarterback for New Orleans. They stunk, and he was the best thing about them. And um, – of course, we already know about Peyton and Eli Manning. They got Super Bowl rings, and one of them definitely uh, – well, we know Peyton's in the Hall of Fame, and Eli has a chance to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, possibly. And then there's their nephew, Arch Manning, down there in Texas. He was like the number one quarterback, I believe, that was coming out. And uh, I'm kind of still surprised uh, with Clint, uh, Clint Ewers going down hurt that he didn't – Get first dibs, but, I mean, maybe next year. Uh, Thursday Night Football, going back to that, uh, Anthony Mitchell, who played eight seasons as a safety, was in the house with his uh, one of his old teams, the Baltimore Ravens, to watch his son, Keaton Mitchell, who was a backup running back for them. He had that 138-yard uh, field day, what, two, three weeks ago, I believe it was, uh, in his first NFL carries. And he's still actually playing very, very well. And, of course, his father, Anthony, uh, played his first four seasons with Baltimore and was a member of the 2000 Ravens Super Bowl 35 squad. So, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And if you look at some of the current guys, and I just do kind of like a run-through, you got like Joey and Nick Bosa. Their dad, John, played for the Dolphins back in the day. You got the Sertans, Patrick and uh, Patrick Sr. and Jr., who played for the Dolphins and the Broncos, respectively. Asante Samuel, his son, <laughs> uh, playing for the Chargers. Antoine Winfield, uh, whose son plays for – I remember him playing at Ohio State, watching him. <laughs> and, uh, of course, his son is a DB for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And speaking of which, the old Colts running back Michael Pittman, that I believe did play with Winfield at one point, uh, his son is Colts receiver – uh, Michael Jr. We all know about Ed McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Ed with the Super Bowl rings, bringing with the Broncos, and his son is one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, some people may or may not recognize Sean Jefferson, his son Van Jefferson. Uh, uh, Sean was a receiver for the San Diego Chargers, and I believe he's an assistant coach still. Bobby, Marlon Humphrey, yeah, the, the one-time Alabama running back. And then going to the Broncos and his son Marlon 
plays for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And then there's Craig Ironhead Hayward, his sons, Cam and Connor, both play for the Steelers. So, you know, they have so many different uh, families that are represented. But I have to go all the way back to one of the uh, interesting families. There's three sets, as a matter of fact. Now, according to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there are three families in NFL history with three generations to play in the NFL. Kick the music. First started with George Pine Jr., uh, who played his single NFL season in 1931 with the Providence Steamroller. And his son, George III, played in the AFL uh, with the Boston Patriots in 1965. And his son, and his son Jim, played a total of seven seasons as a guard and center with four teams, the Buccaneers, Lions, Browns, and Eagles. And when the Cleveland Browns returned to the league in 1999, Jim Pine was the first pick of that 99 expansion draft. There's many of y'all that, you know, remember Chicago fullback Matt Suey. Before, he blocked for Walter Payton and scored the touchdown in Super Bowl 20 and played 10 years in Chicago. His maternal grandfather goes all the way back to the Canton Bulldogs, Bob Higgins. He was an end for the first NFL champions. The Bulldogs, uh, he played for them for two seasons in 1920 and 1921. And he also played alongside Jim Thorpe and Joe Guyton, Joe Guyton uh, and uh, Pete Henry for two seasons. And Matt's father, Steve, was a guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1948 and 49. And the final third generation or three generation family most of us should know very well the Matthews family it all started though with Clay Matthews Sr yeah y'all know about Junior and Bruce right well Clay Matthews Sr he was an All-American in and he also played guard and tackle at Georgia Tech and he was drafted by the Rams in 1949 but he didn't suit up uh, until he was with the 49ers, whom he was traded to in 1950. And he took two years off. He was in the Army and fought the Korean War, came back in 53 and played with San Francisco through 55. And he was a two-way lineman. Pretty cool. Of course, he had two sons. Of course, we know Clay Jr. And then you also had Bruce Matthews. Clay Matthews Jr., the famous linebacker for the Cleveland Browns, and he played his last couple years for the Atlanta Falcons from 1978 to 1993. And then from 94 to 96, when I graduated high school, he was with the Falcons. 19 years in the NFL. <laughs> of course, the other son that we know pretty well, and I didn't, never even thought about it, knew it, but he's Trey. He's Clay the third. Yeah, Clay Matthews that played 10 years for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 2010 All-Pro and Super Bowl champ and then he played a year with the Rams and it was a six-time Pro Bowler and then his other son Casey played four years at linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles and appeared in 64 games of course Bruce is the Hall of Famer in the house Bruce Matthews also played a total of 19 seasons all for the same franchise you listen J.J. Rott the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans. He was a guard that actually played every single position on the offensive line. Right tackle, left tackle, left guard, right guard, and center, and, play, and started multiple times. That's a pro football Hall of Famer. And he was there from 1983 to 2001, and he had three sons. Now, his youngest son, Mike, I think he may have been on the practice squad for the Miami Dolphins, never got a sniff like that. But then he had his other two, Kevin and Jake. Kevin uh, Matthews 
actually played for the Titans for two seasons and started 17 games at center. Jake was the number six overall pick of the 2014 draft for the Atlanta Falcons, and he's still holding it down as a left tackle for the Falcons, and he has started 155 of 155 games. That's impressive. That is very, very impressive. Uh, and just a little more of a rundown of more, more players, you know, and uh, coaches. Yeah, so, yet yeah, Hall of Fame defensive end, Howie Long's two sons, Chris and Kyle, played in the league for the Eagles and the Rams, respectively. Excuse me. Uh, got Randy Moss. He actually had a half-brother, or has a half-brother, Eric, and they were teammates on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Eric played on the offensive line from 97 to 99 uh, for the Vikings. And, of course, Randy, the Pro, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver, with the Vikings, Raiders, Patriots, Titans, and 49ers. And his son, Thaddeus, who was a national champion alongside Joe Burrow, uh, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, and uh, Jamar Chase. He was the tight end uh, for that squad. He actually got on the practice squad with the Bengals, but that nothing more than that. Um, I don't know if you guys are very familiar with Mike Golick of Mike and Mike in the Morning. Of course, his older brother, Bob, played before him. Uh, played for the Raiders, uh, more years with the Raiders, and Mike uh, with the Eagles played alongside Reggie White and all those guys and played for uh, Buddy Ryan, who we'll mention later. There's the Hasselbacks, Don Hasselback, who's a tight end, uh, and his sons played quarterback in the league for a little while. Tell me Matt Hasselback. Matt Hasselback was a quarterback to get, you know, for the Seattle Seahawks and uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, Bob and Brian Greasy. Bob Greasy, the Hall of Fame quarterback, his son Brian, who went to Michigan and played for the Broncos. Of course, Bob, the Dolphin quarterback, who's the quarterback of the only undefeated team in NFL history. Terry and Eric Metcalf, Joe and Dan Klecko. I didn't know that Joe Klecko's son was Dan Klecko. I should have put that together. He played, what, a couple years with the Patriots and he bounced around a little bit. Then there's Hall of Fame offensive lineman for the LA Rams. Jackie Slater, his son, Matthew, I knew about this. You know, he's that special teams all-pro with the Patriots. Got the Grammatica brothers. They was kicking left and right, and the one that was tore up his ACL celebrated. Yeah, you got those two guys. How many of y'all remember Rocket and Quadre Ishmael? Oh, Rocket Ishmael. Um, and I wrote down some other ones. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, you had guys like, the, you know, the McCourty twins, uh, Devin and Jason. Tiki and Rondé Barber. Of course, Rondé's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the Pouncey Twins, Mike and Marquise. The Gronkowski brothers, Rob, Dan, and Chris. And then, of course, the Watts, JJ, TJ, and Derek. They're all great. Sterling Sharp should have been our Pro Football Hall of Famer had it not been for that neck injury. Should have been right along his brother, Shay Shay. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Shay Shay. Shannon Sharp, Hall of Fame tight end with the Broncos and the Ravens. Um, you know, so many, you had kickers like Chris and Matt Barr, uh, the Colquitt family. And then, um, you know, the Kuchenbergs. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was really interesting when I was watching America's game. Bob Kuchenberg, who was a longtime offensive lineman for the Miami Dolphins between 1970 and 1983, was injured in 1984, uh, played guard for the most part. And his brother Rudy had played in the league before him three years for the Chicago Bears and also played for the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. His brother Rudy had told him he wasn't coming home because he's in a phone booth uh, talking about he quit 
the team that he was trying out for and he's like you quit and he said you know he cussed him out while he was in the phone booth and said you ain't coming home don't bother you go back and you know you take care of that which he did he he manned up and went out and made the Miami Dolphins before he did that like he played some semi-pro ball before moving on to my to the Miami Dolphins I'm gonna do something on that great off uh offensive line for the Dolphins they are a story in themselves before they won those two Super Bowls playing in three but didn't know these these are some I didn't know I didn't know John Hanna had a brother uh, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Hall of Fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw. I didn't know his brother played for the Oilers for a couple seasons. Uh, I didn't know that Alex Karras had two brothers that played in the league. I didn't know about Doug Flutie having a brother. Didn't. Um, then you have the the, the uh, Jones and Taylor half-brothers. Not everybody knows Joe Turkey Jones. Yeah, he played for the Browns, the Eagles, and the Redskins, respectively. Historical show, okay? Well, his brother actually was Charlie Taylor, the Hall of Fame receiver who played for Washington. Uh, I didn't know they were half-brothers. I didn't know that Gene Upshaw had a brother named Marvin. You know, Gene, Hall of Fame guy, you know, center from 67 to 81 with the Raiders. Well, his brother played in 68 to 69 with the Browns, and then he moved on to the Chiefs and the St. Louis Cardinals. I didn't know he had a brother. And, uh, Steve Van Buren talked about this during Hispanic Heritage Month. Steve Van Buren actually had a brother that played with the Eagles. They played together for one year. Steve, the Hall of Fame fullback, halfback, he had a brother named Ebert that played for Philly as well. Did play long, but he was there. Dave, uh, Larry Little, Hall of Fame lineman for those Miami Dolphins. His brothers, David Little, linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers from the late 80s, or excuse me, the early 80s to the early 90s. I didn't know that. And then, of course, there's a... Uh, uh, Walter Payton, his brother Eddie was a kick returner and he's a running back for the Browns, Chiefs, and Vikings and Lions. Uh, and then his uh, Walter's son, Jared, who's running back for the Miami Dol- oh, excuse me, the Miami Hurricanes, he actually got on for 13 games with the Tennessee Titans right here up under my nose. So it, there's a lot of blood out there, a, a whole lot. Uh, and it even flows into the coaching community. It's just a few. Don Shula, there, there are plenty of Dolphin fans that know about David and Mike. David was a wide receiver for the Baltimore Colts, and then he actually was the head coach for the Bengals for a couple of years, from 92 to 95. And then his brother, Mike, was a quarterback for the Buccaneers back in 87. And uh, all of this uh, is according to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it was revised in 2017, as a matter of fact. Bum Phillips, his son Wade Phillips, yeah. yeah. Defensive coordinator. During the Steelers uh, AFC Championship game back in the 70s, the late 70s, when they were playing in Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, he was he goes on Wade does to be a longtime head coach and defensive coordinator in his own right. Jim and John Harbaugh, you know, scandals aside, I mean these two guys are very very uh, successful head coaches. Both of them have been. Remember the Harbaugh. The Super Bowl <laughs> between the 49ers and the Ravens. Somebody had to bring it home. And, uh, you know, you got the Buddy Ryan family tree with his twin sons, Rex and Rob. Rex, currently an NFL analyst and host for Sunday NFL Countdown on ESPN. He coached the defensive line and was a defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens uh, and was a part of that Super Bowl 35 2000 champion team. 
championship team. He's also the head coach for the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. We should all know this as football fans and his brother Rob, uh, Rob defensive coordinator for the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Bills. And he also worked as an assistant with the Patriots and the Commanders and Ravens. And he's currently, I didn't know this, that he's currently the senior defensive assistant for the Vegas Raiders. We know about the Shanahan's. And there's a little something I read on, on them in that, um, I would leave that word out of my mouth right now. But uh, you got the first father-son duo to take their teams to a Super Bowl. And the Shanahan's, they take people with them. And they helped them get jobs. Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle is a good coach. And if you last, you last. And some of them, they probably kind of last because of their name. But this is a guy that actually is really, really good. Mike's son is a good football coach. Uh, of course, Mike has back-to-back -back championships. And the third is an offensive coordinator for the 49ers. And Mike was the head coach for the uh, Denver Broncos with uh, – John Elway in them last two seasons, they took it all. And Kyle, he's been twice, you know, offensive coordinator for the Falcons. We'll talk about that 28-3 game, but he also the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers and got them there, got them the NFC Championship games as well. Bill and Steve uh, Belichick, the list just goes on. The guys who've had their sons as coaches, Lovey Smith, Marvin Lewis, Andy Reid, Jeff Fisher, Mike Zimmer, North Turner, all had their sons as assistants on their teams and, and then also I, I got to look at the referees and the only one I know of right off the top of my head Ed Hockley's son Sean Ed Hockley the longtime NFL referee with the big guns for arms yeah Ed retired back in 2017 they're both great officials I know not all fans will agree with that and I, I can't possibly name them all according to pro football uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there are upwards of 377 just father-son combos that played in the league. I'm not even talking about the ones that are coaching in the league or have uh, son-in-laws that are playing and uh, that are, well, yep, some are playing, but coaching in the league. And it's just, it's just impossible to go through them all. There's not enough time, and I don't want... Uh, you to turn the show off so that's it references thanks to ESPN.com ProFootballReference.com also the Pro Football Hall of Fame Football's Fathers and Sons and this is by the Director of Archives and Football Information at the Pro Football Hall of Fame John Kendall also according to ProFootballHallOfFame.com Brothers Who Played Pro Football NBC, NBC Sports Bay Area Former 49ers, offensive lineman, defensive end, Clay Matthews Sr. dies at 88 years old. This article written March 24th, 2017. And finally, my eyes, ears, and brain. This has been the Behind the Mic Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lewis Jr. The show is presented by Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Media, and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Check us out on bellyupsports.com and also all of our favorites, Megaphone, uh, that's our home base, Megaphone, and the favorites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Listen to the show or I'll find your house and eat up your food. I'm out. I'm out.